like happiest city in the world, baby. Yeah. Where the rents are high and the quality of living is low. Low, low, low. <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to uh, another episode of Holiday Spectacular. We hope you're in the mood. We hope that every day you're just getting a little more holiday spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. You're feeling more in tune with the this true spirit of Christmas. Yes, this is our, our final episode before Christmas Day. Oh, my God. It's gone so quick. I know. I've really tried to lean in this year. I got one mm-hmm. week out of the holiday decorations in the apartment yeah. before we all left. <laughs> I yeah. saw, oh my God, I saw Phil's mom's tree. Mm-hmm. She decided to do a theme. She's like, I have so many ornaments that I do a theme every year. Oh my God. I know. Like she really, I was like, this is so cute. Her theme this year was homemade ornaments. Oh, cute. I know. It was really like, I was like, oh my God. And then I realized that American, like white American culture is like, Christmas. Yeah, pretty much. I saw, I think it was a tweet today where it was like, it's so weird how we pick like one time of year to be joyful and then every other day is just a fucking suck fest. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. But no, it's good. It's good. I feel like, you know, I got all these gifts for people. I actually, Mm. it's kind of nice to order stuff online because you have it. Like, I'm like, oh, my shipment came. Mm. Like, it's in my hands. Yeah. I always made, like, last-minute purchases. Yeah. Because I love shopping in person. So I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to go to the store. It's, like, two days before. You don't have anything. Yeah. I bought my father a bonsai tree. Oh, cute. I love that. (laughs) And I've been keeping it by my bedside. (laughs) And I'm just like, what if I kept it forever? Yeah. I definitely, I've had those thoughts cross my mind with Christmas gifts in the past, but since I've ordered everything to send directly to people, I cannot do Mm -hmm. that. But I think I've bought like more Christmas gifts for people this year than I like ever have. Shocking considering I have, you know, less money than I have ever had. Oh my God. (laughs) Still unemployed. Um, But... I'm not like a – my love language isn't gift-giving. Like, it never has been. Mm -hmm. Mine is acts of service. Okay. But I, like, can't do anything right now because I don't see anybody. So the next best thing is to send people presents. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And it's been bringing me joy. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I feel, like, good about my presents this year. I feel like I really, like, dug in and was like, what do people Mm -hmm. want? Like, what do the people want to see? Yeah. So I feel like the people I bought gifts for, I'm, like, really trying to nail it this time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You just want to be that person that gives the gift that they're like, oh, my God. Are you freaking yeah. kidding me? Are you mm-hmm. are you joking right now? Yeah, speaking of gifts, I was telling Mo right before we recorded that I received another gift basket today. You may remember me talking about it last week. Amazing. Yeah, I got a gift basket from my parents of various meats and cheeses and oh. crackers. So I made myself a little charcuterie board last night. It was delicious. Was that on your story? Yes, yeah. Okay, Phil and I were having a conversation about that. <laughs> and I was wondering what the like pinker charcuterie was. Oh, that was... um. It was like a spicy sausage. Okay. I told yeah. him. We were both wrong because I was like, this is like <laughs> Canadian bacon. 
And he was like, no, he was like, it's not that. It's not that. And then he was like, it looks like kind of like bologna. And I was like, I know it's not bologna. It's not bologna. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was, it's like a really, I'd never really seen like a sausage Mm -hmm. that like thick. It's like very large in Mm -hmm. diameter. Um, So I just like did a couple of slices. Yeah, it's just like a spicy sausage. Um, And then I had the salami and um, I had brie and this little like you know like those triangle cheese where it comes like in a wheel mm-hmm. it was like that but it was like a parmesan style one. Oh, go off it was like interesting and then i had this um like spiced oniony herb like soft cheese and i used the pear jam from my previous gift basket mm-hmm. and some apple slices it was <sighs> good Amazing. Yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that very extensive charcuterie <laughs> conversation. People are like getting into charcuterie. Like that's that's the thing now. People are like, I made a board. Yeah. Like, look at my board. Yeah. But back to Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back back to the good old fucking spirit of Christmas. We're doing one that had to be done this yeah. week. It is probably the most modern day classic mm-hmm. Christmas movie I could think of. It's the one that everyone enjoys. No matter what walk of life. Yeah. We're doing the 2003 classic, <laughs> Elf. The only real tea we have about this movie is that Will Ferrell and John Favreau did not get along. Yeah, apparently <laughs> they did not get along. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know even why. There's no details, mm-hmm. no specifics. God, I don't even remember. Oh, the guy who plays Buddy's dad, he was the mm. one who revealed in an interview. He was right, like, right, right, right. the director and Will did not get along. Will wanted to do it, mm. and he didn't want the director. And that's really all we know. It's so surprising because you would think that, like, Will Ferrell and John Favreau would get along. They're both funny. Like, they're both fun people. Yeah. But apparently not. So instead, we'll regale you with our Christmas traditions. (laughs) We'll just tell you more information about ourselves. Yeah. Well, like Christmas in New York, especially, highly featured in this film, obviously. You know, people aren't exaggerating when they say that there's nothing like Christmas in New York. It is true. It is my favorite place to be at Christmas time. Yeah. Especially with um, just like all of the holiday markets. Phil and Mm -hmm. I did end up going... Um, we went to an outdoor holiday market and it was so bad. It was oh, so, no. it wasn't like bad, bad. Like I did actually, I got something, I got this, I thought it was just a really beautiful glass candlestick, like candle mm-hmm. stick holder. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I just had to have it. But it was like, as if someone was like, I have to get rid of all my dead relatives things and I will put Uh it all on tables. It was just like super hipster though. Like the woman who Mm -hmm. was clearly running it had like some like vintage furniture and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was almost like, like I was walking around with this candlestick for a hot second. I was like, who's in charge? Like, I don't even. Yeah. What's going on? She also had Mm. some like fur coats. I was like. Okay. Yeah. So we ended up going to City Point and we went to a holiday mm. market there as well, which mm. was like pretty much a smaller replica of the one um, that's usually in Union Square. Oh, my favorite one. Yeah. It was really cute. Yeah. And they have the tree there too. There's like that little tree with oh, like all nice. of the words and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love the Christmas markets. I've always preferred the Union Square one to the Bryant Park one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I ever saw it. It was like freshman year. I like never heard of it, didn't know anything about it. And we just like came upon it. And there's this great photo of me and Emery and Griffin where we're all holding like 
puppets, you know, like that yeah. puppet place. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, pick a puppet that matches your personality. And me and Griffin both picked like old people. And Emery has this like really furry purple one, which is a great photo. But yeah, I've spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. I always get my Christmas gifts there. So it's like breaking my dang little heart that I, I know. couldn't go this year. Well, it's not happening in, in yeah. Union Square. So you didn't miss yeah. that. But yes. we did end up seeing um, – God, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's the one that's like there's a stall that has chocolate, and they're like, you can't chew it though. Like they're oh, giving yeah, it no like, chew chocolate, yeah, yeah no yeah. chewing, no chewing allowed. That's what it's called, bro. Yes, the whole time <laughs> Phil was just clowning on that chocolate place. He was like, no chewing. Oh, but are you chewing? Because you can't chew. It's no chewing allowed. <laughs> I've never actually gotten anything from there. I would always get. Um, I would go to Donuttery. Where they had like the little mini donuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd often get cider. Oh, last time I was there, actually, me and Christina saw the Veselka stand. But then oh, we were like, yeah. let's just go to Veselka. So we just walked there. Yeah. I um love getting a ginger snap cookie. I like It's like mm. the big ginger snap cookies. They have apple cider and apple yeah. cider donuts there, too. Mm-hmm. Bro. <laughs> when I tell so you good. I was eating that cookie for <laughs> two hours. Yeah. Amazing amazing mm-hmm. i love a fucking ginger snap go off yeah what else do i what i do in new york turtleneck christmas turtleneck christmas i've only ever done one turtleneck christmas me too which is the one we did last year mm-hmm. for those of you that aren't in our friend group <laughs> <laughs> turtleneck christmas was started by three of our friends who every year they wear turtlenecks and go to bryant park and they take a picture at the christmas tree yeah. in the library and we went. We all went last year. Wore turtlenecks. We went skating. That was really fun. Yeah, I'm hoping to go ice skating yeah. if it's available. Mm-hmm. I was never like a big like. I need to go to Rockefeller. No, I've never skated there. Freshman year, I saw the tree, took a picture in front of it, and I was like, "Cool." Went inside the church. That's across the street. I didn't even know there was a church there. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I went with my like freshman year roommates, and we went to the tree, and then we went inside the church. It was really pretty inside. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I think last year, because I had Phil and his sister over, I, people know that Phil's my boyfriend right now. Um, so I'm not going to yeah. preface that. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they had this like dinner. They just ate the two of them. And I was like, okay, I'll wait for you at the apartment. And then I'm pretty sure they walked to see the tree at Rockefeller because it was near the mm. restaurant they were at. And I was like, I have never been. Are you fucking joking? <laughs> yeah. I invite you into my home. <laughs> It's it's fine. Like you definitely should go see it if you're like there. It's just it's really crowded. Mm-hmm. But did you see the pictures of it this year? No. Oh my god! When it like arrived in New York, shit was looking fucking barren. Like it oh got- my god. <laughs> Let me show you the pictures of it before it was cut down, and then when it arrived in New York, oh, and no. then. Rockefeller like put on their Instagram story and everyone was clowning on it so hard and then they were like let's see how you look after riding on a truck for two days or something like that probably not as bad as that tree yeah but everyone's just like this is this is 2020 here this is what it looks like bro what (laughs) did they buy that off of wish.com yeah like when you order online and what comes in the mail this is what it looked like before they cut it down brother they lost a lot yeah. They lost a lot of tree. Yeah. I mean, they, they managed to to get it, like, up to par, I They assume. need to fire whoever whoever shipped that tree. 
But dear lord. Yeah, it it looks fine now. They're able to refurbish it. Probably sacrifice like many other trees in the process. Bro, I'm like looking at but, pictures uh, yeah. online too. It's like it was balding. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> oh my god. Sorry, Rockefeller Center, but you got ripped off. Sorry to that tree. Sorry to that tree. Oh, my God. And on that note, <laughs> let's dive in. <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so opening of the movie, we meet Papa Elf. He's talking about how elves love to tell stories that there's only three jobs for elves, which are making shoes at night, baking cookies in a tree, and then we see, you know, the downside of that, which is the potential tree fires. And third, the show, the big dance, the coveted profession, Mm. building toys in Santa's workshop. And he talks about how elves were made for toy building, you know, because the gnomes drink too much and the trolls aren't potty trained. And Papa Elf says that no human has ever been in the workshop until 30 years ago, where the story begins. Mm -hmm. Throughout this beautiful opening montage, there were amazing claymation, Mm -hmm. you know, just like claymation added in there for the trolls and some other stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, the claymation industry is dead. Yeah. I'm like, what's the last claymation movie I saw? Wallace and Gromit, yeah, maybe? Yeah, literally. Well, the one where they get, like, sucked into, like, the sewer or something. Oh, flushed away. Flushed away, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> we go back in time. We're, we're in the midst of the story, right? We see a nun carrying an orphan to their cradle, and she tucks in the baby. Not the rapper. And she's like, maybe next Christmas you'll have a home. And suddenly, you know, she walks away. But suddenly (laughs) a big bag drops in the fireplace and Santa like shimmies down the chimney. He goes over to the tree, looks at the cookies. The baby is enthralled. He sees a toy in Santa's bag, a lone bear. And Santa, too busy just stuffing his face with cookies, doesn't notice So then back at Santa's workshop, the elves are all celebrating the success of Christmas. And Santa is like, thank you so much. You guys did amazing. (laughs) Let's get ready for next Christmas. And they're all like, woohoo. And this is, I think, like what Amazon wants you to think that their warehouse is like. Oh, yeah. So Santa then notices the baby climbing out of his sack. And he's like, oh, my God. Everyone is shook. They see that he's wearing um little buddy diapers so they're like oh his name must be buddy (laughs) santa decides to let the baby stay with them in the north pole and he gives him over to papa elf who was an elf that was too busy making toys and never had kids of his own oh my god what a phrase (laughs) yeah so we have a little montage buddy's childhood he grew up twice as fast as the elf children he is like in school, just like bulging out of his desk, learning the, mm. the code of the elves. Mm. Treat every day like Christmas. There's room for everyone on the nice list. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Very important pillars of morality. Mm. So Buddy is just like growing. His the the big thing right now is that we learn that he's gigantic and he looks thirty. Yeah, they um they didn't want to use special effects and like cgi so they did a lot of like forced perspective so that they could just have like Mm -hmm. will ferrell and all these people in the same room 
So then one day, Papa Elf decides he's going to train Buddy in his profession, which is working on Santa's sleigh. Yes. And Buddy is like, I thought it was the reindeer that made the sleigh fly. Uh, rookie mistake. I know. And Papa Elf is like, well, there's a lot of kids down south that don't believe in Santa. Mm-hmm. And like the belief of Christmas and the Christmas cheer is like what gives the reindeer their magic. And he says that every year, less and less people believe in Santa. So this is why he came up with this special engine for the sleigh. It's called the Kringle 3000 reindeer-powered jet-driven engine. Wow. And he asks for Buddy's help to help keep it maintained. Papa Elf then says that there were actually many drawbacks to being human in an elf world. Yes. We have a little Elon Musk situation on our hands right Mm. now. (laughs) No. He's really – it's not that. It's not It's not yeah. as fucked up and horrible as you think. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so we go to the workshop. You know, we see Buddy making some toys. He is just fumbling and foibling. It's really a sight yeah. to see. His supervisor comes over and he's like, so how many toys have you finished today? And he's like <gasps> – 85. And everyone just stops in their tracks. And he's like – yeah. Just some accounting on the abacus, and he's like, that is 915 off pace. And Buddy's like, just say it. Call me a cotton-headed ninny muggins. <gasps> and his supervisor is like, no, we all just have, you know, different talents. And he's like, no, everyone has the same damn talent. He didn't say damn. Mm. Except for me. And the elves are like, you know, you changed the batteries and the smoke detector, and, uh, You're the only baritone in the choir. It it really brings them down a whole octave. So then Buddy gets transferred to toy testing. So he is testing like Jack in the boxes and he hates it and it's just not a good time. And then he overhears some of the other elves talking about how Buddy has been killing their productivity. And they're like, oh, I hope he doesn't get wise. You know, if he hasn't figured out that he's a human by now, he never will. Oh my God. And then Buddy's entire life like flashes before his eyes. He sees himself being like giant in the shower like all these places where he doesn't fit in he finally like comes out of this trance and one of the elves is like buddy are you okay and he's like "Uh uh-huh and then immediately faints on top of this poor tiny elf yeah he is having a bad time yeah so he goes to his house and he sits on the toilet and he's like sulking his dad tells him that they need to have a talk and he's like you should have found out a long time ago but your mom is susan wells she passed away And your father, he never knew you were born. And he lives in a magical place. New York City, the Big (laughs) Apple, baby. The city that never sleeps. Show business, you heard of it? (laughs) So, you know, Buddy is having his shit rocked right now. So he (laughs) runs out of the house and runs into Leon, the snowman. Mm -hmm. And he kind of like fills him in. He's like, I'm not an elf. You know, my dad says that my real dad is far away. And then Leon is like, you know what? The world is a beautiful place. Like, I've been everywhere. Um... Since I was a young... Cumulus nimbus. The yes. type of cloud. 
Yes. Um, and he <laughs> says that this might be Buddy's golden opportunity to find out who he really is. Yeah, this could be a whole new adventure for Buddy. So back at the workshop, he's like confronting Santa. He's like, I gotta go to New York. I gotta like meet my dad. And I'm like, whoa, this feels like a Degrassi episode. <laughs> <laughs> but Buddy is like, I'm nervous. You know, Leon says that New York City is different and Santa's like, don't listen to him. I've been to New York City thousands of times. Just remember, don't eat gum on the street. The actual original raise is on 11th. <laughs> and peep show doesn't mean you get a sneak peek at your Xmas presents. Okay? Yeah. And Buddy's like, I'm just excited to meet my dad. And Santa is like, I got some bad news for you, bud. Your pops is on the naughty list. Yikes. Oh my god. Then we cut to Buddy's dad, Walter, who at the present moment is um, denying children at the orphanage books because Insane. the nuns are behind on their payments. So real stand-up guy. Back at the workshop, Santa says that maybe Buddy will be able to bring some Christmas spirit to the people of New York. And then Papa Elf hands him a New York City snow globe and says that he'll always be here for him. And they Aww. hug and say goodbye. It's very cute. And he tells Buddy, you know, that his dad works at the Empire State Building. So Buddy then heads on out. He goes to the edge of the North Pole. He, like, jumps onto an iceberg. So it, like, cracks and starts to float away. And um, then, of course, at that exact moment, a claymation narwhal comes out of the water and is like, Bye, Buddy. Hope you find your dad. Oh. So we have a little montage of Buddy. He goes through the candy cane forest across snowy mountaintops. He comes across a real-life raccoon and clearly has rabies. This is a rabied mm. raccoon. Buddy tries to hug it. The raccoon attacks him. But mm. eventually he makes it to the glorious, the beautiful Lincoln Tunnel <laughs> and walks into Manhattan. Manhattan, baby. So, Buddy, we have this great montage of him, you know, exploring the city. Yeah. He tries to wave at somebody who's trying to hail a cab. He sees, like, a coffee shop that has, like, a sign that says world's best coffee, and he runs in. He's like, congratulations, you did it. World's <laughs> best coffee. And they're all like, excuse me? He sees this man who's, like, dressed in all red with, like, a beard. And he's like, Santa, oh, my God. And the dude is like, get the fuck away from me. We see him eating gum off, like, the subway I, entrance. That was really oh. rough to watch because that shit is some of the nastiest fucking garbage. The nastiest. That was, like, already one level of gross. And it's now an even worse level of gross in this pandemic. Yeah. Disgusting. Um. <laughs> We also see Buddy discovering revolving doors for the first time. Mm -hmm. He's running around and um, he pukes and then goes back for more. But finally, he gets the Empire State Building, heads in, and goes right for the elevator. He's got an Empire State of Mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets in and he's like absolutely shook by the opening and closing doors. Presses every button on the elevator and he's like, oh my god. It looks like a Christmas tree. The poor guy next to him who's about to stop at every single floor in this huge building. Yeah. 
So then we cut to Walter's office. He is currently complaining about having to do a reprint on this kid's book that they are putting out because two of the pages are missing. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know what? Whatever. I'm signing off on it. The kids won't even notice. So Buddy gets to his dad's office and talks to his assistant, played by Amy Sedaris. She's so young. Yeah, she is. And she's like, oh, my God, like, you're a Christmas gram. Like, that's so amazing. Where did you come from? And he's like, from the North Pole. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so fun. Sends him into Walter. Buddy, like, busts in the door and he's like, dad. And he's like, okay, like, let's get this over with. You know, you look like you came from the North Pole. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly where I came from. Oh, my God, Santa must have called you. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got off the phone with him. So uh, are you going to, like, sing a song or something? He's like, oh, my God, a song? (laughs) Who, me? Okay, if you want, I'm here with my dad, and we've never met, and he wants me to sing a song, and I was adopted, and you didn't know who I was born so I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> and uh, Walter is like, well, that was weird. And uh-huh. Buddy's like, Susan Wells had me and she didn't tell you. And now I'm here. And Walter's like, Susan, who sent this Christmas gram? Because imagine your oh Ted girlfriend, your dead ex-girlfriend from years ago gets mentioned when a singing elf comes to you to visit you at your office. What the fuck is that? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's some scary shit. <laughs> this would have been a whole different movie if um, Buddy showed up and found out his dad was Jewish. Mm, yeah. I would like to see where that could go. Yeah. The possibilities. But mm-hmm. in this case, Walter just calls his security and they throw Buddy out of the building. And Buddy's like, uh, it's okay. Walter's my dad. He'll come back later. And security is like, okay, why don't you go back to Gimbal's? And we see in the distance, like, this toy store called Gimbal's, kind of reminiscent of Macy's. And Buddy walks in the direction, immediately gets hit by a cab, just Mm -hmm. on the windshield. He recovers, though. Mm -hmm. So he gets to Gimbal's. He is shook by this department store. One of the ladies, like, offers him, like, like, a perfume sample. And she's like, passion fruit spray? And he's like, fruit spray? Sprays it directly into his mouth. Not a good time. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) He is terrified of the escalators. It takes him a very long time to get on it. And when he does, he does the splits on, like, multiple steps. (laughs) He goes into the bathroom and is shook by how giant the toilets are because they are his size and not elf size. He then comes across some lingerie with a sign that says, like, for someone special. And he's looking at it. And this dude is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, shop on your break. You need to get back upstairs. Yeah. Because he thinks he's, like, one of the elves in the kids' department. So he brings him up to, like, the kids' floor. And Buddy's like, what is this place? And he's like, it's the North Pole. And Buddy's like, no, it's not. It's not the North Pole. And the manager is like, yes, it is. He's like, no, it's not. How come there's no snow? This ain't the North Pole. You can't pull a fast one on me. Yeah. He's like, okay. Where's the snow? Yeah. So the manager's like, why are you smiling? And Buddy's like, I like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. Um, And he's like, make work your favorite. Okay, boo. Mm. So he's like, it's time for an announcement. 
gets on the speaker tomorrow at 10 a.m. Santa's coming to town. Buddy is freaking the F out. He's like, oh my God, Santa's coming here. He's coming to this toy store. And Buddy's like, I know him. Okay. So he whispers yeah. to a coworker, Santa's coming. He's like, Santa's coming. And the manager walks away like, this is going to be a really tough season for me. Yeah. <laughs> so then Buddy turns around and sees this beautiful woman turning on the lights on yes. a Christmas tree. It's a very young, blonde Zoe Deschanel. Wild to see. Yeah. So he goes up to her and he's like staring at her. And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, you're doing a really good job decorating that Christmas tree. And she's like, did Crumpet put you up to this? And he's like, no, I'm just, I'm really happy to see somebody who shares my affinity for elf culture. Bro. And that's where I say, walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, um, I'm just trying to get through the holidays. And he's like, well, maybe you just need to sing a Christmas carol. And she, like, tries to tell him to go away, and he's like, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And she's like, okay, well, I don't sing. And then he's like, it's so easy. Like, everyone can sing. And she's like, well, I don't sing. And he's like, oh, it's just like talking, only louder, and you move your voice up and down. Yeah. And she's like, I can sing. I just don't want to in front of other people. And he's like, if you sing alone, you can sing in front of other people. There's no difference. And so he gets up on the little stage at the store and he's like, I'm in a store and I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. <laughs> and I'm singing in the store. No. Okay. <laughs> so the manager's like, there's no singing in the North Pole. And he's like, yes, there is. We sing a lot, especially when we're making toys. <laughs> and it's just going to be a really tough time for everyone involved. Yeah. But... The closing announcement happens at the store. Jovi is her name. So she's like, I got to go home. And he says, there's so much to do before Santa comes tomorrow. But she's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And this is actually when he learns her name, mm -hmm. Jovi. Yeah. So then we get this montage of Buddy decorating the store. He like cuts out a million like paper snowflakes. He pulls like the stuffing out of pillows and nails it to like the roof on, like, the stage where, like, Santa's mm -hmm. workshop is supposed to be to, like, make snow. Um, he makes murals with light brights. Yeah. He goes fucking balls to the wall. Yes. Thousands of dollars in damaged merchandise. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so that evening, while Buddy is just damaging thousands of dollars in merchandise, <laughs> we go to Walter's house. He gets home for dinner. His wife and kid are already sitting down, starting to eat. They are clearly used to him working late, and he tells his wife he's just going to eat in his bedroom. He has a ton of work to do. And they're clearly both bummed. His kid is like, can I eat in my room? His mom is like, no, you're eating here. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to them, um, Walter flips through an old yearbook to look at Susan Wells. This is also um, the third Christmas movie that I've seen Mary Steenburgen do. She plays his wife, Emily. Yeah. What other two Christmas movies? She was in Four Christmases and Happiest Season. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, I did once see her in a market in Vietnam. 
So I feel like our lives are just interconnected, you know? That's such an interesting place to run into an American celeb. Yeah, just her and her husband, Ted Danson, walking down the street, having a good time. So then we go back to Gimbel's. In the morning, Buddy turns on all the lights. It's, like, beautiful. There's a sign made out of light brights that says, Welcome, Santa. Um, Buddy then hears singing in the distance. So he goes into the locker room where Jovi is taking a shower and she's singing, Baby, It's Cold Outside. And Buddy is, like, sitting on the sink, like, around the corner, duetting with her. And at the end of the song, she hears him because he, like, sings full out. She peeks out of the shower and she's like, get the fuck out of here. So then Buddy, like, screams and runs directly into the lockers. Meanwhile, later that morning, Walter is walking past Gimbel's on his way to work where he sees Buddy asleep in, like, the display window. Yes. He, like, stares at him for a while and then Buddy wakes up and is like, oh, my God, Dad. He's super excited (laughs) and Walter is like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Then we cut to Buddy trying to enter the Empire State Building with a gift for Walter. He is immediately apprehended by the security guards. And he's like, I have this gift from my father. Like, just make sure that he gets it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw him out. And I'm like, what if that was anthrax? This would never. <laughs> this would never. You Ladies, a man yeah. will never try to bypass the security at the Empire State Building. <laughs> oh, my gosh. To get to you. Yeah. So... Buddy does end up going back to Gimbel's, and there is just a massive line of kids waiting to meet Santa. The manager is, like, in awe of the decorations, especially the Mona Lisa Etch-A-Sketch that's hanging on the Christmas tree. And Jovi calls Buddy over, and she's like, why were you in the woman's locker room this morning? And he was like, because you were singing. And she was like, are you sure it wasn't because I was naked? And he's like, I didn't know you were naked. And Buddy's like, I know, I can't. That's what makes this ending for me. Like, I'm like, they're on connected dots. But Mm. Buddy's like, so why were you here so early? And Jovi reveals that her water was shut off. It's a rough time. Like, happiest city in the world, baby. Yeah. Where the rents are high and the quality of living is low. Low, low, low. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, well, I was here early making all this decor. And she's like, oh, my God, they're so pissed about that. This is like a really endearing conversation, I promise. Yeah. I promise. You should just watch it. <laughs> um. So then the manager comes over and he's like, can you believe like how this looks? It looks almost too good. Like somebody is gunning for my job. Somebody's trying to make me look bad. Like we all need to be a team because if I go... We all go. So if you guys hear anything, get me on my radio. Code word is Santa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, everyone's gunning for your managerial position at Gimbal's. Yeah. Bro, what? He then like demands that Jovi does six inch ribbon curls. And she's like, that's impossible. And he's like, six inches. And Buddy is like, Jovi... You have the most beautiful singing voice in the whole wide world. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, my God. But then at that moment, Buddy catches a glimpse of Santa. And he's like, it's my bestie. So he joins all of the screaming kids when Santa goes on the stage. Yes. Buddy just hops right on up there. And he's like, you're not Santa. And he's like, if you're Santa, then tell me what song I sang to you on your birthday. 
And he's like, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> Damn. And Buddy's like, fuck. <laughs> but a kid is sitting on Santa's lap and Santa, quote unquote, is like, what do you want for Christmas? And Buddy's like, don't tell him, Paul. He's a liar. He's like, you disgust me. How can you live with yourself? You sit on a throne of lies. And Santa's like, how do you like to be dead? Which I thought was pretty. He escalated things severely. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you stink. You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. (laughs) What? (sighs) So Buddy rips the beard off Santa. All the kids are screaming their little heads off. Buddy Mm -hmm. and Santa get into a tussle. And Buddy is just screaming that he's a fake. He's a fake Santa. They fight and destroy more merchandise than has already been destroyed. Mm, Yeah. And the manager finally tackles Santa. Meanwhile, at Walter's office, he opens up the gift. I'm shocked they delivered it to him. I know. This is post 9-11. This doesn't make any sense. You You can't be doing that. So he opens up the gift from Buddy, and um, it has, like, the photo of uh, him and Susan back in the day in it that he got from Papa Elf. Yeah. Inside, there's also, uh, like, a homemade card that Buddy has made where he's, like, drawn a picture of himself and Walter. So then Walter gets to the real meat of this gift, Mm -hmm. which is um, the lingerie that Buddy had found. Lovingly picked out for him. Yeah, you know, for, for someone special. His secretary then comes in. He immediately, like, drops the negligee, and she's like, you have a call from jail. (laughs) You have a call from jail. (laughs) You want me to put that through, patch that through to you? (laughs) Would you like that? Oh, my gosh. So Buddy is in holding, and Walter comes to bail him out. Buddy is like, thank you so much. Thanks for bailing me out. And everyone, it's like, everyone said that, you know, he wouldn't show And Walter is like, where did you get that pic of me and Susan? And Buddy's like, I got it from Papa Elf. Walter throws Buddy against the wall. And he's like, do you want money? What's going on? And Buddy is like, no, I just wanted to meet you. And hopefully you'd feel the same. And he thought that maybe they could make gingerbread houses and eat cookie dough and go ice skating and maybe even hold hands. And Walter's like, come with me. So they go to the doctor. It looks it's like a pediatrician. Yeah. Buddy is like eating all of the cotton balls like directly out of the canister. Fucking dry. Gnarly. Dry as hell. We did read actually that it was cotton candy that they had died. Yeah. So the doctor, played by John Favreau, says that they're gonna do a test now. So just sit still for the finger prick. And Buddy's like, oh, my God, finger prick. What's that? And he, like, can't sit still. He's, like, trying to listen to, like, the stethoscope. He's like, what's that skeleton on the wall for? Like, all over the place. So Walter's like, okay, Buddy, like, you need to calm down. You need to sit still so we can just get this test done. So the doctor pricks Buddy's finger, and he, like, screams bloody murder. Yeah. Cut to waiting room. He's like, my finger has a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) And the girl next to him introduces herself. She's like, I'm Carolyn. And he asks her what she wants for Christmas. She's like, I want a Susie Talks a lot. So Buddy's like, I'll put in a good word with the big man. Yeah. She like asks about his um, costume and Buddy says that he's actually an elf. And then he's like, well, 
I was raised by elves, but I'm a human. What mm-hmm. about you? And she's like, I'm a human raised by humans. And he's like, cool. So then the doctor comes out and tells Walter that Buddy is definitely his son. And he's like, that's insane. Like, this dude is out of his mind. He couldn't possibly be my son. The doctor is like, well, it's possible that he is reverting back to a state of childlike dependence. You know, once he gets some sort of normalcy, he'll probably snap out of it. Yeah. And he suggests, you know, taking him home and introducing him to Emily and Michael, his wife and son. Aye, aye, aye. Mm-hmm. He's in a deep load of shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they go back to the apartment. Emily is really actually thrilled about Walter having a son. And Walter explains that Buddy thinks he is an elf. So <laughs> they go from the kitchen where they're having this convo into the like main apartment area, which is now decorated for Christmas, just like Gimbal's. They all have dinner together and Buddy regales them, you know, with his journeys through the seven levels of the Candygain Forest, through the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops. And when he walked through the Lincoln Tunnel, Buddy then downs an entire liter of Coke. It was really appalling to watch. Emily is like, where have you been for the past 30 years? And Walter says, the North Pole. Mm. It's a bit tense. Um, Buddy asks for some maple syrup. And Emily is like, it's spaghetti. And he pulls out a little bottle that he has up his sleeve and just dumps it all over the pasta. So Emily's like, are you going to stay with us? And he's like, oh, my gee, I would love to. And she's like, okay, how long? And he's like, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but I was thinking forever. Zero to hundred. You know, real start quick. high, go low. Yeah. So Walter's like, Emily, can I talk to you in the kitchen for a second? Emily, are you brain dead? Okay, <laughs> check in with me real quick. You brain dead? Are how many fingers? So he's like, Are you kidding? Like he cannot stay here. And she's like, Well, clearly he has some serious issues. We can't just throw him out onto the street. He's your son. Cut to Buddy doing the biggest burp known to man. Yeah. Um, it goes on for a shocking amount of time. And Michael then is like, you're weird. So that night, Buddy is on like the, what's it called? Like the sofa bed, the sleepaway couch. Yeah, like the pullout couch. Yeah. And um, Buddy yells for his dad and Walter like begrudgingly comes in and he's like, I can't go to sleep unless I get tucked in. And Walter's like, I am not tucking you in. <laughs> But Buddy says that he'll go right to sleep if he tucks him in. So Walter's like, fine. He starts tucking him in. And then Buddy tries to, like, start a tickle fight with him. And Walter is not having it. So he starts to walk away. And Buddy's like, Dad, I love you. And he's like, good night. Heartbreaking. No Mm. one can crush Buddy's spirit, though. No. So the next day, he gets up bright and early. He makes Emily breakfast. It's pasta and syrup. And she's like, all right, that's good. I said when. (laughs) So she asks how he slept. And he's like, I got an amazing, a little tight 40 mins. And I made a rocking horse. So it's been a good time. And Walter comes in. And Emily tells him that Buddy made them breakfast. And Buddy hands her a baggie of pasta and says, and lunch. So Emily then heads out to work. And Buddy offers Walter pasta, and he's like, I'm going to stick to coffee. Thank you. So Buddy then starts telling Walter about all the plans he has for today for them to, like, do various activities together. Yeah. And Walter's like, Buddy, I got to go to work. Sorry. 
And then he suggests that Buddy changes his clothes. And Buddy's like, but I've worn this this outfit my whole life. And Walter's like, well, you're you're here now, so you might as well yeah. change as soon as possible. And Buddy's like, okay. So he immediately pulls down his pants, which is when Emily comes back in because she forgot something. And they both scream. Yeah. Walter leaves the front door of the apartment. Yeah, so we've, we've transitioned to the street view and immediately gets a call from Buddy. Buddy is like, there is a horrible, awful noise coming from underneath the window. And Walter's like, it's the radiator, Buddy. NYC, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the city that never sleeps. Mm. Come on. And Buddy is like, oh, right. I'll call you again in five minutes. <laughs> and he's like, please don't, Buddy. And Buddy just layers fucking candy on top of his pasta. He puts in a Pop-Tart. He has some M&Ms in a jar. Pretty intense to me. Yeah, there's like chocolate sauce, maple syrup. He like crushes it up with his hands. It's it's rough. So Walter's at work. He's in his office when his boss comes in to tell him that he got a call from his niece because she wants to know what the fuck happened in her storybook, which has two missing pages. And Walter's like, oh, man, these printers, you can't trust them to do anything. And he's like, oh, really? And shows like the two blank pages that Walter signed off on. Yeah. And he's like, it's you that has gotten sloppy, sir. And even if those two pages were in there, the book still sucks and your numbers are tanking. And we're going to post a minus eight for this quarter. Oh, my God. Not good. So he tells Walter that they're going to ship a new book the first quarter, and he wants a proposal ready for him on the 24th, Christmas Eve. Oof. So we cut to school. Michael just gets out of school, where Buddy is waiting for him. Michael is totally horrified because Buddy is in his whole elf outfit. You know, he looks weird. He draws a lot of attention to himself. Mm -hmm. So Michael just takes off and Buddy runs after him, eventually catching up with him in the park. Buddy is just yammering and asking him questions and Michael yells at him to go away when Buddy gets pelted in the face with a snowball. Mm. These kids did not know what was coming. Mm -mm. So they're ambushed by a ton of kids with snowballs. So they run to like hide behind a rock and Buddy's like, we can take them. Just start making as many snowballs as you can. And by the time Michael has made one, Buddy has made like a giant stack of perfectly round, beautiful snowballs. Yeah. So he hurls them with superhuman speed and precision, <laughs> scaring all the kids off. One managed to get away and they were like, not today, bitch. And Buddy nails him as he's running away. And Michael is super impressed with his new brother. Yeah, they have a little bonding moment. I'm like, that's cute. That's adorable. Mm -hmm. So Michael is feeling like a little impressed with his older brother. They decide to go to the mall and chase each other around. They jump on beds. They jump around in the elevator. And Buddy wishes that Walter was here. But Michael says he doesn't. All his dad does is work, work, work. And he only cares about money. He doesn't care about him or Buddy, or anyone. So Buddy goes mm. into the toy store, and he just stares at Jovi, and Michael is like, ooh, you should ask ooh. her out. And Buddy is like, ask who what? And he's like, ask her out for food. If she says yes, then you're in. He's like, it's a code. I'm like, 
For what? Yeah. Yeah. A code for me hungry, man pay for food. (laughs) Yeah. So Jovi comes over and she's like, oh, did you get your job back? And he's like, no, but I got a restraining order. So that's pretty good. Um, (laughs) And then Buddy tells her that she's beautiful and he feels really warm when he's around her and that she makes his tongue swell up. And asks if she wants to go eat food. Oh my gosh. And she's like, well, I just had my lunch break, but I'm free on Thursday. Mm. It's a date, baby. Oh, yeah. So back at home, Buddy has brought a huge (laughs) Christmas tree into the apartment. Gigantic. Yeah. Walter comes in. He's like, what the hell is that? And Michael explains that Buddy cut it down in the park. You can't do that. (laughs) So Walter talks to Emily in their bedroom. And she's like, come on. They're just having fun. Walter's like, that is a felony. Cutting down a tree is illegal. And Emily is like, well, at least Michael's happy for once. You know, it's not a secret that you haven't been there for him. And Walter's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, why not uh, pull him out of school and let the deranged elf man raise him? And it's like, oh, fighting words. Meanwhile, Buddy and Michael have decorated this tree and Buddy tries to put the star on top by like jumping on the tree and climbing it. But of course, the whole thing comes crashing down on him. Yeah. And Walter is like, we cannot leave him alone in the apartment. He's going to destroy it and asks Emily to stay home from work to watch him. And she's like, sir, I have a job. I have a meeting. Yeah. Um, why don't you take Buddy to work with you? He is your son, after all. Hmm. Damn. So they go to the office, and Buddy, you know, ends up wearing this, like, cool little suit. He looks kind of mm-hmm. like his dad. He's saying hi to everyone in the office. He's really, really nice. And then he sits in the little corner while his dad works, and he tries coffee. It's absolutely horrible, and I could have told you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and his dad's like, you really don't need to drink that at all. So he starts reading a picture book and just repeats over and over again. He's like, Francisco, Francisco. <laughs> so Walter asks him to be quiet, obviously. And Buddy is like, so what are we going to build? And Walter's like, we do not do that here. So Walter's phone rings and Buddy answers it. <laughs> he answers it. Buddy the elf, what's your favorite color? And I'm like, okay. I'm going to start doing that now when I answer the phone. <laughs> Hi. Ask people what their favorite color is. Mariah, what's your favorite color? People would be so <laughs> pissed off. I can already see my parents just getting extremely <laughs> upset about that. The only people that call me are like delivery people. So I think that they would probably not be thrilled. They'd love it. So <laughs> obviously this person hangs up and Walter's like, hey, buddy, please don't touch anything. Yeah. Um, you know what? Have you seen the mail room? And buddy's like, no. And he's like, oh, my God. Like. It's amazing. They have all these like shiny bins. Mail comes in from all over the world. Like you gotta see it. And Buddy's like, oh my god, like let's go right now. And Walter's like, well, I have to stay up here and work. But you know what? You should go. So Buddy gets taken down to the mail room. You know, it's not not a magnificent place. Yeah, it is in the basement. They basically like give him a little orientation. They're like match the mail to the floor and then you put it in this canister and it goes up this chute and and buddy's like oh it's just like santa's workshop except it smells like mushrooms and everyone looks (laughs) like they want to hurt me 
So there's a pitch meeting going on, and two of Walter's workers um, pitch bringing in Miles Finch. That's their idea. They're like, we haven't come up with a children's book, but we know who can. <laughs> we cannot do our jobs, but we can hire a new person to do one for us. And they're like, we're going to get Miles Finch, a ringer, to come up with a pitch for our boss on the 24th. He is the top guy in the industry. And <laughs> Walter is like, you two are my top writers and your pitch is bringing in another writer. Okay, I love it. I love it. Let's bring him in. I love your energy. I love your ideas. I love your initiative. I love the energy that you've created in this office. <laughs> so back in the mailroom, Buddy is, you know, talking to his coworker about his journey to NYC as he's like shoving mail canisters up the pipe. He's like, oh my gosh, this is so sucky. And he like puts his head on it, gets his like face stuck on it. The coworker then pour some whiskey into his coffee and buddy is like oh my god syrup and coffee why didn't i think of that can i have some and the guy's like yeah sure and buddy pours like the whole bottle in there this reminds me of like edward scissorhands when he goes downstairs yeah Yeah. he's like you want some lemonade (laughs) yeah so cut to buddy and his new work pal super drunk like lying in the mail bins and the guy's like you know i got I got big ideas for my life, you know, like I got, I got plans, you know, and then they end up having like a tickle fight. Just guys being dudes. Meanwhile, back in the office, Finch is on the phone and they are talking to him. They're begging him to come in for this pitch tomorrow. And he's like, okay, listen up. I need a black SLS to receive me. The temperature must be 71 degrees and... In the midst of this, like, very intense phone call, the secretary, a.k.a. Amy Sedaris, is like, there's a problem in the mailroom and just completely interrupts their conversation. They almost lose Finch, but at the last minute, he's like, tomorrow, 71 degrees. Cut to Mm -hmm. downstairs. Buddy is popping off. He is partying. Mm. Um, He is unwell, and he is dancing on a table. But that night... He has his big date. So Buddy goes to pick up Jovi at her apartment. He tells her that she looks miraculous. (laughs) He then blindfolds her and brings her to a restaurant and serves her a cup of coffee. And she's like, it tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. Takes off her blindfold and she's like, oh, it is a crappy cup of coffee. And he's like, no, (laughs) it's the world's best cup of coffee. We then see Buddy like showing her his fascination with the revolving doors where he's like running in circles. They skip through the street. They're just having a grand old time. Dude, not for nothing. Like he planned a date. Oh, yeah. He like did planning. I have activities in mind. I got places to take her. Yeah. Like people don't do that anymore. (laughs) No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so he sees a big Christmas tree he likes, and she's like, oh, come with me. And she brings him to Rockefeller Center. Buddy is so impressed. They go ice skating. Oh, what a great date. And he yeah. kisses her on the cheek, and then he apologizes, and she's like, you missed. And they kiss <gasps> on the lips. Oh, my God. 
So the next day, Miles Finch arrives at the office. Everyone is super nervous, very intimidated by him. Mm-hmm. He gets into the meeting room and asks for cash up front. By the way, Miles Finch, played by Peter Dinklage. Very good cameo. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, so what ideas do you have so far? And one of the writers is like, well, we have this idea about like tomatoes. And he's like, no, tomatoes are too vulnerable. Next. <laughs> too vulnerable. Insane. Yeah. Um, then the other writer pitches like a story about like a group of asparagus, but they're really self-conscious about how their pee smells or something like that. And Miles is like, awful. Okay, listen, inside this book, I have dozens of amazing top tier ideas, but there's one that I'm particularly excited about. And I think it would be perfect. Right as he's about to say it, Buddy busts into the room. He's like, I'm in love. I'm in love. And I don't care who knows it. <laughs> And then they're like, buddy, like we're in a meeting. And then he's like, oh, my God. He sees Peter Dinklage and he's like, I didn't know that you had elves here. And um, Miles is like, haha, very funny. And he's like, how did you get here from the North Pole? Like, does Santa know that you're here? And Miles gets really pissed and kind of like goes off on him. He's like, I get more action in a week than you've gotten your entire life. You know, I have like houses in this city, this city, this city. Yeah fucking say that shit to me one more time so he's like wipe your little smile off your face um if you call me an elf one more time and buddy's like "Mm, he's an angry elf so peter dinklage aka miles finch um (laughs) kicks him he backflips him on the table he storms out of the room he's like i'm done i'm i'm over it walter is pissed at buddy he's like get the hell out of here but he asks him where he should go and walter's like i don't care you know i don't care that you're nuts or that you're my son just get out of my life and buddy runs out so emily calls walter later on and she asks how the pitch went he tells her that you know he'll be home soon so his colleagues come in and they're like we found miles storybook and Walter's like, oh, my God, we need to make a storyboard in 45 minutes. Yeah, I think the idea they end up going with is, like, his one about a peach on a farm. And they're like, what's more vulnerable than a peach? Yeah. So we cut to Buddy. He's leaving a goodbye note on an Etch-A-Sketch saying, I'm sorry I've ruined your lives and that I crammed 11 cookies into the VCR. I don't belong here. I don't belong anywhere. Love, Buddy. Oh. Jesus so buddy is back in his elf clothing and he's walking down the street and that's when michael finds the etch-a-sketch note and the snow globe that buddy left behind yes at the office um walter is about to make this huge pitch when michael rushes in he's like i'm worried about buddy and at first walter tells him to wait but michael says buddy cares about everybody and all walter cares about is himself So Walter is like, I got to make a decision right now. Is it Mm -hmm. my family? Is it the job? I don't know. (laughs) Walter ends up asking Mr. Greenway if they can reschedule the meeting. And he's like, I flew in just to hear this pitch. He's like, I'm going to fire you if you don't deliver this pitch right now. And he also tells him like, he says something to Michael. He's like, son, wait outside. And he's like, don't talk to my son. Like, don't tell my son what to do. Yeah, yeah. Finally, Walter just decides it's not enough. 
You know, he's like, up yours. And he walks out with his son. With his son. Hell yeah. And Mr. Greenway is mad. He's like, you'll never work in this town again. (laughs) You'll be blackballed from this industry. So then we cut to Buddy. He's walking along what we think is the Manhattan Bridge. But also they shot so much of this movie in Vancouver. Like, who fucking knows? Yeah. And it's snowing. And he's saying to himself that he doesn't belong anywhere. Yeah. So in the street, Michael and Walter, they're searching for Buddy, unbeknownst to Buddy. Meanwhile, on the bridge, Buddy looks up and sees Santa's sleigh in the sky. Oh, my God. But he sees, like, the engine falls off and it goes in for a crash landing. And he's like, OMG, Santa, I must (laughs) save you. Hope you have insurance. Yeah. Michael also sees this crash happen. He's like, come on, Dad, let's go. Yes. So in Central Park, Buddy finds Santa's crashed sleigh. Santa is talking to Buddy about what happened. And he's like, bro, like the clausometer dropped to zero. Like there's about to be no Christmas spirit anymore. I Like <laughs> I need an elf's help right now. So Buddy is like, well, I'm not an elf. I can't do anything right. And Santa is like, you are more of an elf than anyone and we realize that Buddy is transracial in <laughs> this moment. Oh, my God. So he's like, I wouldn't want anyone else to fix my sleigh. Santa tells Buddy that the engine dropped off a mile back. Buddy runs back to try to find the engine. Meanwhile, Jovi is in her apartment. She's eating some ramen, watching the news. Just classic single woman in New York in City. New York. Yeah. Her apartment is gigantic. Yeah. The news is reporting on an unidentified object that has fallen from the sky in Central Park. Mm-hmm. And the news anchor, Lady Charlotte something, I can't remember, she is interviewing this little girl who claims that it was Santa's sleigh that crash landed. And then the news shows a clip sent in by a viewer of Buddy running through the park. And Jovi is like, oh my god, that's my man's. Yeah, she's like, that's a guy I decided to go on a date with. The one who wears elf clothes and uh, does things Mm -hmm. like this. So, (laughs) back at the park, Michael and Walter, they're there. They see Santa's engine. Buddy comes over as well. Michael goes up to him and he hugs him. And Walter's like, I have to tell you something right now. He apologizes to him and finally tells Buddy that he loves him. So, they hug. Mm -hmm. And Buddy's like... You have to come with me. He shows them Santa's sleigh. Meanwhile, the newscaster, Charlotte, whatever her name is, um, is talking to another eyewitness who's like, yeah, like I saw something fall from the sky. But the whole time he's like hitting on her shamelessly. Yeah, it's like your eyes, they look glistening off the light. It's so bad. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like, just let this woman do her job, please. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jovi leaves her apartment to head to Central Park and the newscaster says that they've closed off the park completely and the only people in there are the controversial Central Park Rangers. And she's like, some people say that they're a little (laughs) too aggressive and that their crowd control tactics are dangerous. Meanwhile, we see like fucking, you know, bucking horses, like stallions and like... These like men all dressed in black, like head to toe. Yeah. Back at the sleigh, Walter and Buddy help Santa fix the sleigh, you know, and Michael opens a hatch so that Buddy can put the engine back on. And Santa, in the midst of all this 
<laughs> Chaos has time to ask Michael what he wants for Christmas. And Michael's like, a skateboard? <laughs> Who, little me? <laughs> and he pulls out his list and he's like, not just a skateboard, a real huff board. Go look and see. And Michael pulls out this based skateboard. Mm-hmm. He's so excited. Yeah. Then the sleigh starts to levitate a bit just for a moment because of the Christmas spirit. Mm. And Michael's like, we should just get the camera crews in here so everyone will believe. And Santa's like, no, Christmas is about believing, not seeing. The paparazzi have been after me for years. <laughs> Classic. So they then notice the Central Park Rangers are charging towards them at full speed. And Buddy's like, I have a plan. Michael grabs Santa's list and he runs off into the night. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Walter and Santa switch clothes and Walter runs out like in Santa's like uniform to distract the Rangers from the real Santa. Back at the front of the park with the news anchor and the camera crews, Michael shows the news anchor this big book, Santa's List, and she just scoffs at him. But then he reads off what she wanted for Christmas, okay? Mm. A Tiffany ring and her boyfriend to stop dragging his feet. (laughs) And she's like, ah! And... Cut the cameras. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, cut the cameras, shut the shit off. And Charlotte Denon is like, look here, you little dork. Who told you to say that? And Michael is like, it's the real Santa. He exists. Finally, Jovi arrives. She gets to the park. Emily also gets there and she's like, Michael, are you okay? And then Jody like meets up with Michael and she's like, what is going on? He's like, it's Santa's sleigh. It's crashed and it won't fly because people don't believe. Like we need everybody. Yeah. We need some Christmas spirit up in here. And Jovi with a completely dead face and dead (laughs) eyes says, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear. Like a literal AI. Yeah. (laughs) So cut to Santa's sleigh again back in the park. Santa is trying to book it before the horses get to him. But Buddy isn't done with the engine. And Santa's like, I gotta go. I gotta dip. (laughs) So he starts flying away anyway. And Walter, he ends up making it back to Emily. So Santa tries to get away, but the sleigh isn't going high enough. You know, there's not enough Christmas spirit. Buddy Mm -hmm. jumps into the sleigh as they try to just stay ahead of the horses. Unbeknownst to Buddy, in the crowd, Jovi begins to sing. Emily, very off-key, joins (laughs) her. And they get a lot of other people in the crowd to, you know, just start singing and caroling with them. Yeah, they're singing, Santa Claus is coming to town, yeah. the Christmas spirit is in the air, it starts to increase the clausometer, and then Buddy is like, Santa, now! He pushes the start button, but the engine falls off, and they're like, oh no, oh my God. we're toast! But... Back on the news, Charlotte Denon is like, there seems to be some spontaneous singing breaking out in the park tonight. And everyone watching at home starts singing along as well. And I was like, I would never, I would never sung along with carolers on TV, but. But go ahead and pop off. off. Um, and so the clausometer starts increasing more and more and more. And then Michael notices that his dad isn't singing. He's just moving his lips. And he's like. What's the big deal? And he's like, no, dad, you have to join in. So when Walter sings, the sleigh shoots up off the ground. Yeah. They 
fly over all the people gathered outside of Central Park. Uh. They're all shook. Charlotte is shook. They miss the shot. (laughs) Buddy waves to Jovi and Michael and Walter in the crowd, and they fly off across the beautiful red-lit Empire State Building. Uh, Buddy has saved Christmas. They cut to a beautiful, heartwarming moment. Mm. Walter and Jovi playing the piano, singing with one another, and Buddy getting a giant bottle of syrup (laughs) for Christmas. Walter starts his own publishing company, Mm. and he publishes a book called Elf, all about Buddy. And Buddy reads it to kids at bookstores. Then we get our last moments with Papa Elf. He says that Buddy often comes to visit. And um, then we see Buddy, Jovi, and their daughter. Insane to me. Visiting Papa Elf. And Papa Elf wants to hold Susie. And so Buddy, while holding her, goes and sits in Papa Elf's lap. And that is the final shot of the film. Wow. What a good time. It is a good time. I, d- I don't think I watched this movie until like my freshman year of college. I think that was the first time I ever watched it. Wow, yeah. I don't know when I watched this movie for the first time. I just remember like this is like um in early 2000s childhood is like mm. people being like, oh my God, Will Ferrell. He's so yeah. funny. I'm so cool because I love Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember when I watched it though. I was like, oh yeah. This is one of my top five favorite Christmas movies of all time. It's just so, like, joyous. It is joyous. And it is, like, genuinely funny, whereas I feel like the bar is so low for, like, comedy and Christmas movies. It's like how when you, like, somebody gives, like, a maid of honor speech, like, the standard for what's actually funny is really, really low. Yeah. So people just, like, laugh at anything. Like, you can get away with cheesy jokes. I feel like... That also happens with Christmas movies, but this is just like a genuinely very funny movie. Yeah, it's definitely hard to get a good vibe between like heartwarming and Mm. funny. The Princess Switch has no funny moments. Like I don't think I laughed once from (laughs) like like, a joke. Yeah, you're just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. I mean, Mm. you know, Will Ferrell, Step Brothers, the Ice Capades one. (laughs) <laughs> oh blades of glory yeah um what else he has so many so many things that i can't think mm-hmm. of oh he did eurovision was the most recent one i don't even know that movie it was apparently is actually really good that's what i heard it was a netflix movie it's him and rachel mcadams rachel mcadams yeah i was thinking of um talladega nights and anchorman mm-hmm. yeah classics yeah this movie puts me in like a great mood yeah i agree i think well i mean this movie is like so good and um just like a movie that everyone can agree on pretty much to watch Mm -hmm. right yeah definitely one of my top favorites i also love the santa claus tim allen okay (laughs) what else is a good one like a good classic well when i think of the santa claus I, i i think i was telling you this the other day the theory that the elves in the Santa Claus murdered the previous Mrs. Claus. You did tell me that theory. I was like, that tracks yeah. for me. If you're if you're not familiar, I recommend looking into it. Yeah, I was never a big Santa Claus person. I'm more of a Home Alone gal. Mm. Oh, I love the Grinch too with the torrid, torrid storyline of like the hot uh, woman in town who 
you know. Oh, yeah, Christine Bransky. Yes. And it's just like a will they, won't they? And oh, my Mm -hmm. God. Speaking of Christine Bransky, I just watched Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Holy shit, was that movie insane? (laughs) Is it like, whoa? It's just so, oh, my. I I don't know (laughs) what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. It's a musical. It's starring Christine Bransky. Mm Mm-hmm. At first, it's, like, very much, like, kind of a ripoff of Scrooge-ish, but then it takes, like, a dark turn where there's, like, people almost dying. Somebody was forced to give up their teenage pregnancy. Like, they had to give up their baby for adoption against their will. Like, a lot of shit happens. And Dolly Parton is an angel in it. Like, she floats down on the cloud. Of course. Yeah. I'm about to get that Dolly Parton vaccine. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so excited. But yeah, shall shall we rate Elf on our holiday scale? Our second to last rating, y'all. Mm-hmm. First up, <laughs> can I can I count myself? <laughs> steamy holiday romance. I'll give it a three. You know, we have the romance between Jovi and Buddy. Mm-hmm. It's not steamy, but I do think it's really sweet. It is sweet. Did we give the Princess Switch a three? Did we? Then we can give it a two. I guess the holiday was like the big one. Yeah, I would say it too. It is sweet. It's just, you know, it's not it's not a romance movie, which is fine. Next up we have eggnog, holiday cheer, holiday merriment. Yeah, big, big holiday cheer in this movie. I'm gonna go five out of five. Yeah, I think we have to. Yeah, def five out of five. Next up, candy canes, candy canes. performance. Yeah. I would say another very high one. Yes, definitely. I do like the holidays performance better, so I don't want to give it a five. I Mm -hmm. kind of don't know what I rated the holiday, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, for what this movie is, everyone did really an amazing job, but I'll give it a four. I feel like a four is fair. Will Ferrell will get a five, and that's separate. Yeah. I The performances are really strong across the board. Will Ferrell would get a five. I don't know. I feel like I would give it a five just because I know that... mm, I feel like the kombucha girl. I'm like, mm, well, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the four. I'll go with the four. They just don't blow me away. Like, I don't think right. about the movie and I'm like, oh, my God, Michael? <laughs> Oscar worthy. <laughs> we did look into, like, what ended up happening to him. He went to Yale. He seems to be an academic yeah, he's now. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. He had a good life. And our final final category, or I guess overall, uh-huh. how many Christmas trees out of 10? I want to give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, 10 out of Come 10, on. 100%. Couldn't not. Oh, it's a good time. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. What a great film. Everybody go watch Elf if you haven't already. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Make a little mulled wine. Get mm-hmm. your cookies bacon. Uh, yeah. You know, have some hot chocolate if you're into that. Just mm-hmm. enjoy yourself. There's so little time left in this month, so little time left mm-hmm. in this year. I feel like there's been a crap ton of horrible things happening. Yeah. Just let yourself have a little fun before the year ends. Definitely. We hope that everybody has a wonderful Christmas, whether you're at home, whether you're with family. You know, if you're not able to be with family, I feel you. It's hard. Um, so, you know, be nice to yourself. Do whatever you can to bring yourself some joy. And um, yeah, we hope that you've enjoyed all these Christmas-themed episodes so far. And we Hanukkah had so much as well. fun watching them. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good time. We have one more holiday episode left, 
Oh, we have to latch onto that so hard. Yes, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. If you're looking for your last little bits of holiday content, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Yes, please. We are still posting every day. So every be sure to check day. Out. Every day when I remember at lunch that I need to <laughs> get my shit together and post on no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Not really, but I do enjoy I enjoy making content for you. I love it when mm-hmm. the likes pour in also. Yes. It's nice to see. So please mm-hmm. comment. Comment, like it. Absolutely. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you're enjoying the show as much as we are, yeah. show us a little love. Show us a little kiss, kiss, mom, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we will see you next week for our final holiday spectacular. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mel and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Like a slow. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your Bye. dad. <laughs> <laughs>